This is In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9. Good evening and welcome to In Touch, City Talk's Rugby League Hour with myself, Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. We're going into round three of the Super League season. Between now and seven tonight, we'll look back on what went on last week and what's to come. We'll chat to Saints coach Nathan Brown. His side are at Salford for tonight's game against that new-look Brian Noble team. He knows they're coming up against a very different side to seasons past. Yeah, Salford are a side I think we're all expecting to see in the playoffs. So, again, to, to go to Salford this week and do well, we'll have to play well. We're probably in the past... You know, sides could play Salford and, and probably just go OK and it'd be enough where OK's not going to be enough against Salford anymore. Saints prop Alex Wormsley looks back on a whirlwind couple of years and with two wins under their belts already this campaign, he reckons Saints can go all the way this year. We've got a team now, we should be really up there competing. So, you know, obviously that, that's, got, that's on the tips of everyone's tongue. Witness are back in action after a week off facing last year's league leaders Huddersfield in a game that'll see the Vikings' Kevin Brown watch his side come up against his former club. Players who were playing against this week are, are fantastic and probably the best in the league or, or you know, one of the top teams definitely and so one that I'm really looking forward to and um, we've got nothing to lose. Warrington coach Tony Smith reflects on two defeats on the bounce for them and are head to Hull FC this Sunday knowing it'll be two teams with a point or two to prove at the Halliwell Jones. So we're both in a you know similar sort of situation in terms of improvement and looking for a, a bit better performances all round. We'll also get all the fallout from last Saturday's World Club Challenge, chatting to Wigan coach Sean Wayne as his side adjusts to the time difference and switch their disappointment and focus to Super League with a visit of Wakefield at the weekend. I'm, I'm jet lagged, I'm not sleeping at all, it's killing me. But I've said to the players privately that, you know, there's no excuses this week, it's just a normal week and we, I expect a real performance. Plenty to get through tonight. Before we get stuck in, let's catch up on what happened last week. Here's Nick Smith. Last Thursday saw Bradford grab their first two points of the season in a 23-10 win at Wakefield, but after this week's ruling, the Bulls go into round three on minus four points. It was an emotional night in St Helens on Friday as Saints welcomed Hull FC for the Steve Prescott Cup. Nathan Brown's side fought back from being down at half-time and ran in five second-half tries to make it two wins on the bounce with a 34-22 victory. Warrington Wolves put out a better performance at Headingley, but it wasn't enough as they lost their second second game in a row, going down 18-12 to Leeds Rhinos. Salford travelled down to London on Saturday and hammered the Broncos 44 points to 18. Saturday also saw Wigan Warriors defeated in the World Club Challenge by Sydney Roosters. They were punished for mistakes in the first 40 minutes and returned to the UK following the 36-14 defeat. And on Sunday, Castleford dominated Catalan Dragons 32-6 and Huddersfield threw a lead away to come away with a point after a brawl against Hulk AR as that one ended 24-all. Thanks, Nick. Well, I'm flying solo at the top of the tower in Liverpool tonight as my co-host Steve Manning is at home ill, but we will get him on the line a little bit later. Now, this week was another one that had as much going on off the field as it did on it. Bradford Bulls were punished for going into administration last month. They were deducted six points. We'll talk about that shortly. And Salford owner Marwan Kukash's suggestion to have a marquee player allowance that doesn't come under the salary cap was rejected. All that to come a little bit later. 
Hampshire. But first, Wigan Warriors' trip to the Southern Hemisphere ended in disappointment on Saturday as they lost the World Club Challenge to Sydney Roosters. Now, not many people tipped them for success against the NRL side, although Steve and I actually did. And they just couldn't catch up and make amends for mistakes made and tries scored by the Roosters. That happened in the first half. Coach Sean Wayne's been telling us how things have been since they got back home and how they're switching focus back to Super League for this Sunday's game with Wakefield. It's a a very important game against Wakefield. And, you know, we want to get back on track and make sure that um, we we get some confidence out of this game this week. Uh, All the players are are really keen to to play and... um, I have made a few changes to the team because quite a few of the senior players want to play and put a few things right, so um, there's going to be a few changes, I think. Elder, obviously a bit of a reality shock in, in some ways. Uh, have you learned much that you can use over here? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I've come back from there uh, really, really excited and I can't wait to get started. I know where we need to improve and, and, um, and what sort of players we need to develop. And uh, you know, it's, it's exciting for us. It was a, it was a, a huge challenge, but you know, and, and I think the effort was there, but I think we was a little bit dumb in in, in some some of the the ways we tried to do things against the Roosters. Now you mentioned Wakefield. You're talking about putting some players in. What exactly are you going to do then? Well, um, there, there's a couple of players like Dan Sargentson who's not going to play. Um, and Daryl Goulden, um, and, and he travelled look at Anthony Gelling and Ian Thorner. Um, but you people like your lockers and Mickey Max and all your front rows will play. So it'll be a strong team, and uh, and, and I expect uh, a really good performance. Um, you know, a lot better than what we, uh, the, the way we attacked against the Roosters. And really, having uh, lost that that first one, you've really got to get away. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know we, we did play well in Solis Field. Uh, absolutely, the best team won. Uh, you know, we need a good performance. Uh, there's no question about that, and I'm sure we'll get one. Cause you know, the way the players have reacted since coming back from Sydney, they're all really keen to get out there on Sunday. Sunday. Wait for Trinity, obviously, you'd expect it to win, but how do you see this competition running out? Because there is this relegation and that could really spur one or two of these sides. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we all well, said when this coming about uh, promotion relegation. That's what's going to happen. And I, I know Richard Egger very, very well and the way he coaches. And, you know, they'll, come, they'll come here like everybody those when we, we won the double and they'll come here really really firing and, and, and playing better what they normally do I watched the Bradford game a few times and uh, and I'm, Wakefield potentially can play a lot better than what they did so I'm expecting a, a much improved uh, challenge from Wakefield this weekend No are phasing jet lag Sean so that'll be out of the system oh, that, that'll be gone and I, I told the players and that's I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm jet lagged, I'm not sleeping at all, it's killing me. But I've said to the players privately that, you know, there's no excuses this week, it's just a normal week and we, I expect a real performance on Sunday. So they're, they're, all, they're all trainees today, they'll train today, it's a tough one today. And, uh, and I'm expecting a real, a, a real good session today leading up to our, our team run on Saturday. Because it's an important week, we need to, we need to perform this Sunday and I'm sure we will. Sean Wayne speaking there. Well, Roosters coach Trent Robinson's called for better marketing for the World Club Challenge. 15,000 fans were expected at the game on Saturday, but more than double that turned up. So there clearly is a market and a demand for the tournament. Saints coach Nathan Brown spent much of his career in the NRL, of course, playing and coaching at St George Illawarra. My co-host Steve Manning asked him what he thought about the game and how important is the World Club? Mate, I thought Wigan were, were super. You know, I know that Wigan will be a little bit disappointed because they probably did you know, give, give one or two tries with drop balls and that, which is a little bit un like but 
um, I thought the the intensity and commitment they put in was brilliant. And the way they fought back to get back into the contest was great because you know at the end of the day the Roosters, on sheer class alone, of they're the best squad in in the world. You know, and out of any team, that's not better than Wigan. That's better than everyone in the world. That's why they won the NRL competition. They spend far more money than what Wigan we can spend on what clubs in this country get to spend, so they should have more classier players. So I thought, you know, obviously we know Sean O'Loughlin's obviously, he's one of the world's best forwards, isn't he? But, you know, Ben Flower really took it to Jared Warengi Hargraves and Sonny Bill and um, Mickey McClure and really cracked in, didn't he? Like, they really... Metaphorically, he did, didn't he? No, no, they really, really got in, didn't they? You know, and, and, you know, I thought they I thought they did not only themselves proud, but the game proud over here. And, you know, Roosters last year... Got to that. Got situations where they were up 18 nil against a lot of other sides in the NRL last year, and 18 ended up 50 and 60. And you know, for a period in that second half, when it got back to was it about 20 to 14 or 22 14, whatever it was, it was quite a close game. Yeah. Unfortunately, we can come up with a drop which gifted them the trialists. You just don't know what may have happened. I think. What do you think? Obviously, relation to the concept. Obviously, the World Club. There's over 30,000 uh, full houses for the nines and. There's always been this, oh, well, the Australian public don't want these early games, they don't want these sort of thing, but obviously it's uh, bitten the people uh, behind it on the bummer bet. Yeah, well, I think, you know, if you look at the World Club Challenge in general, you know, the last number of years, obviously, Leeds have played Melbourne on a number of occasions, and, and those <coughs> there's been some very good games there, but they've all been over here, and then for Wigan to go out there and actually do themselves proud, because, you know, I reckon it's a 10-point advantage playing the game here. I think if Wigan played at home and the Roosters come out, that would have been nearly enough to turn the tables, you know, because the, the, the travel is tough, you know. But I think Wigan going out there and doing what they did and putting it in such a, a, a good, strong showing, I think it shows everyone, you know, that the, the better sides over here are good sides and maybe the four best sides here playing the four best sides there may be a better way for the future of the game in both countries, maybe. Maybe not, but it seems that's what everyone's thinking at the moment. We'll hear more from Saints in a bit where Nathan Brown previews tonight's trip to Salford and we'll also chat with Alex Wormsley too. Warrington slipped to their second defeat in a row last week going down at Leeds Rhinos. Joel Monaghan got Wolves off to a try-scoring start again just like he did against St Helens but despite their best efforts from him, Ben Westwood, Stefan Ratchford and others, Warrington slipped to defeat. Despite that though, Tony Smith says he saw many things to be positive about. It was a big improvement from, from week one. There were some aspects of week one that we felt that we were just way off and uh, we showed improvement in those areas and uh, yeah, it was uh, good to be in a high quality game for, um, for this stage of the year in the conditions that we're under. I thought the, uh, the match between Leeds was, was really high quality by both teams and uh, it took some, some winning for both teams and uh, unfortunately we, were just, we didn't quite take the opportunities that Leeds took and, um, you know, but uh, it's certainly a creditable performance um, as opposed to the previous week where we were way off some of what we needed to do. So defensively it looked a lot better than against Saints last week. What was it specifically you'd worked on? Yeah, lots of defence. <laughs> Repetitive and we put ourselves under some pressure in training and we practised and practised and you know we've done the same again because we're still looking for a lot of improvement but it, individually I thought we improved enormously. I think our, our missed tackle count in week one was something like 48 and I think we cut that in half as week two. So we'd like to cut that in half again if we could. Um, that would be around the standards that we're looking for. But uh, 
on also on the back of a kicking game, and I think our kicking game was a big improvement from week one. Where uh, I think Saints gave us a lesson in that respect, and probably was the biggest difference between the two teams in week one was our kicking game. So uh, uh, we learn a lot from that, and there was improvement. There's still areas to improve in our kicking game, but uh, certainly on the right track last week. So Anthony England and Jean Ormsby both made their debuts. What did you make of their first appearances? Yeah, good. Um, Anthony was terrific. Um, he, he really took his opportunity. I thought he was really... Um, he didn't look like he uh, was out of place in any way, shape or form. He held his own and more than held his own. So delighted for him week one. Um, for Jean, um, he was solid. Um, he had a rookie error within the game and... But the good thing about Gene is he doesn't dwell on his errors. He, he pushes on and moves on to the next thing. And, uh, yeah, I thought he was solid uh, without being, um, you know, outstanding. But for week one of, uh, of a young man's career, um, I'm sure he'll get better and, and build on that. And Gene's obviously come up through the ranks, so a great incentive for other youngsters. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. We've you know, spent a lot of time and resources on on our developing our young boys and we're really pleased to bring them through and give them an opportunity and, and help them develop. So that's really important for us as a club. Tony Smith chatting to Helen Keenan there. It's time for a quick break now, but afterwards we'll hear from witness coach Dennis Betts and Saints' Alex Wormsley. We'll also turn our attention to Bradford. In touch, City Talk Rugby League Lowdown, City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to In Touch on City Talk 105.9. I'm Lauren Moss. So this week saw Bradford Bulls deducted six points for going into administration, which means they start off round three this weekend on minus four points. Now, in a season that will see promotion and relegation returning, that could mean everything to the Bulls, who already had a wealth of financial issues off the field in the last couple of seasons. Bradford coach Francis Cummings has described the situation as anarchy. He does admit he's worried about losing more players to what he's called the vultures following the collapse of the takeover plan. He's already seen the likes of, of Gareth Carvel leave for other clubs like Hull FC, for example. Well, Cummins and Chief Exec Robbie Hunter-Paul say it is a desperate situation. Um, we've all been here before. Um, frustration is probably the word because, um, you know, we start to feel that the, the club is starting to move forward again and, um, and that we... We'd done our bit on the field last week as well, and that was a big step forward for us. So, so yeah, just uh, frustration, really. I'm quite confident in the six points. I wasn't too concerned about that, thinking, well, we'll get those back and, and we'll kick on again. I think, um, and I don't really know the ins and outs of that, but um, the special measures thing about you know putting the business into where the RFL would be making a lot of calls is probably been too much for the for the proposed owners. So they've backed off, which you know is is um, putting the club in a, in a bad position again. The business has gone from um, being transferred from Bradford Bulls 2014 Limited across to, uh, back, to oh, sorry, back to the administrators. It's now their job and the governing body's job to go and um, see if they can find some, you know, a business or a group of uh, people that are willing to take the business forward. And um, those people you know, will have to live up to the very strict um, uh, principles put in place by the governing body and, you know, tick all the boxes that the, uh, that the administrator needs. 
Robbie Hunterpaul and Francis Cummins speaking there about the Bradford situation. Well, the RFL have released a statement today. Their chief operating officer, Ralph Rimmer, he says it's disappointing and disingenuous for the Bulls to suggest the RFL's acted in any manner other than fairly and properly throughout a crisis which is entirely of the club's own making. This statement that we've got here goes on to say the root cause of the current situation is of the failed attempt to use the club's own money to purchase Bradford Bulls from Omar Khan as well and uh, had uh, Mr Moore not refused to honour the agreement he signed to buy the club from Mr Khan, Bulls would not be where they are today. Uh, they've got an unpaid uh, liability of almost £170,000 as well. Um, they say they're going to continue to work with administrators to find a solvent and viable solution for the club and will provide updates as soon as it happens as well. So it's sort of a, a watching progress there with the Bradford Bulls. It's not that the type of news that any fan of any club wants to be seeing at this stage in the season or indeed at any point in the season as well. But in a time where we're going to be seeing promotion and relegation returning, two teams dropping out of the top flight at the end of this campaign as well, it's very troubling times for the Bradford Bulls. We'll follow that situation closely on In Touch on City Talk 105.9. We're turning our attention back to matters on the field now. And tonight's big game sees St Helens travel up to Salford. Both sides are unbeaten and Salford could actually go top of the table with a win. And it will see a couple of former Saints line up against their old teammates with Tony Pogliatua and Francis Melli and Brian Noble's side over there. Pogliatua is back in the 19 actually, as is Adrian Morley, former Warrington captain. They were both rested last week, but Ranky Chase will still miss the game he picked up a leg injury in their opener against Wakefield. As for St Helens, the only change is Mark Flanagan coming in for Greg Richards, which means another start for Alex Wormsley. He's in his second season at Langtree Park now. And what a crazy couple of years he's had. Just two years ago, he was playing at championship level Batley and completing a degree at university. He's told Steve it's been a real whirlwind. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been really surreal, um, but it's, it's been a road that I've really enjoyed. Been enjoying going on, and um, you know, I obviously look back at my amateur days with a lot of fond memories, and put me in good stead. Really, a good learning curve to go from amateur then to Batley, and obviously uh, now to St Helens. It's been it's been a rocky journey, but it's been something I really enjoyed. And the coaches you've you've come through: Gary Schofield, Paul Fletcher at the uni, and then John Keir, who's been there, done it, read it, and here with a young coach here, Nathan Brown, last year in his first year here. Yeah, massively. I think you know, I've been really lucky that I've you know I've been fortunate enough to have these sort of coaches. Who took me on? Um, you know, obviously Gary, one of the best players England's ever seen, and then to go to um, to Batley and the junkie, you know, Super League coach, you know, in the Championship is were massive for me, and he really helped my development as a player. And to pick up and come to St Helens with Nathan Brown, who's you know one of the top coaches in the, in the league, I've, I've really been blessed in that way, and it's really helped me come on as a player. Obviously, the learning curve last year wasn't it, so to speak but uh, now starting, is that what you prefer rather than coming off the bench? I'm happy to do anything, you know, if, as long as it helps the team. Um, obviously, you know, Brownie will look at certain games and might think I might be better suited coming off the bench or I might feel, you know, to start a game is somewhat what, what we need. So whatever's good for the team, I'm really happy to do. But I think, it, you know, it's, it's a lot more pressure starting the game, and but it, it's a good pressure as well. You know, you're more fired up and you're really raring to go into the game. So I'm really enjoying it. You're on a fantastic run at the minute. I know it's early doors, but you're two from two. But uh, it wasn't all uh, that easy on uh, Friday. I got the impression it was af- after 40 minutes. It was after Lord Mercio, after what had gone on at Warrington. Yeah, you know, I think 
we're probably a little bit guilty of um, forgetting why we won against Warrington so well, which was, you know, we really knuckled down and as a as a forward team, you know, we really took it to Warrington and we did all the, you know, hard work and graft. And I think going into the whole game, we didn't really do that. Um, you know, a whole one top of us for us after by far the better team and arguably we were quite lucky to be only down by four points. But, you know, we got reminded of why, why we won the game against Warrington and we sort of took that into the second half and, um, you know, we looked good then and obviously the win came came along with it. And what are your goals for this season? Because this is a one, you know, you've had like a mini apprenticeship, but now it's time to move on. Um, I think, as, as you know, coming to St. Helens, your goal's got to be winning, you know, winning the cup. And I think it's on the, you know, we've got to be challenging for these for these trophies, for these, you know, and last year, what was sort of, I feel like we came towards the end of a bit of a transition period. And, um, you know, and I feel this year, obviously, we like to look Walsh coming in and the park's as big as it is. We've got a team now we should be really up there competing. So, you know, obviously that, that's, got, that's on the tips of everyone's tongue. Saints' Alex Wormsley will hear from Nathan Brown a little bit later. Well, Witness Vikings have had a week off after getting their campaign off to such an emphatic start with that win over London. They've got a much tougher prospect to head tomorrow, though, when they welcome last year's league leaders Huddersfield to the select security stadium. Witness coach Dennis Betts says they would have wanted to have another game, so the preparation wasn't disrupted. We have no real focus on the way that we were going to play against a certain opposition, so we just... We took our intensity down a couple of notches, um, kept our focus on just on upskilling ourselves and just staying, getting ready and staying fit. So it was, it was it's a different thing when you, especially when you've worked hard through pre-season with a goal of when the start of the year is and when your pre-season game start and then you push on to um, playing the season and then all of a sudden you've got a little bit of a break. So yeah, we, we dealt with London in that week um, like we would do every single week and then sort of like came down a little bit towards the end of the week with no real focus on the weekend. Huddersfield Giants, uh, league leaders last year, all right, they played week in, week out sort of thing and they're possibly smarting from having dropped uh, points late on in their uh, game at home. Well, you know that, that you can read the press, you know that Paul's going to be disappointed with some of the aspects of their second half performance, so that's going to translate into how he, um, how he reviews the game, how he previews our game and then what will come out of that will be the fact that they'll come here with, a, with an idea of putting things from the second half against Hull KR right. What we can do is we can't. We've got to always expect and prepare for their best game. <laughs> so whether whether they won, lost or or drew, it doesn't make any difference to us. We're preparing for the field's best game and we're looking at ourselves and our intensity to be able to match match them up from. Have you learnt anything from watching that uh, game? How to attack different from what your already game plan is? And I know you're not going to tell me that. But they're a good side of physical. It's all the simple stuff that we need. We know we've got to be intense. We know we've got to come out with desire to against the big side to put our bodies in the way. We can't run away from that physical challenge as well. So we don't need to try and play around them or away from them because that's that's what they want you to do as well. We've got to go. We've got to bite down our gum shields, get our teeth, and get on with the, the tough stuff. And that's confronting the giants front on. Like I say we we know our own shape and our own. Our own principles uh, are going to be there and rock steady throughout the year, and that's always going to be the thing that we're going to work on. We'll adapt certain things as we go in week in, week out, depending on the opposition, and, and knowing your enemies obviously a key to how you prepare. But I think your personal preparation and how you instinctively play is something that you've got to stick with. And obviously, this week there was the addition of Paul Clough. What will he bring to the club, and why did you bring him in? 
I brought him in because he's a, he's a great lad with great character. He's got a great work ethic, and he's he's been in a lot of um, big games. He, his talk, his professionalism is noted in the in the game, and you know what you're going to get with Paul is that you're going to get everything he's got every single week. So that he's been he's been he's been good to have around the group. I've shown a different face in there again, and just seeing how he carries himself has been good for the lads just to keep pushing themselves forward. I think we've we've got a really good group at the moment. But again, you stick someone like Paul in there, who's very similar to Danny Tickle and John Clark, Kev Brown and Hep Cahill. Also, you just keep adding that level of quality and everybody else who's already pushing hard steps up another step. Paul Clough will make his Vikings debut, but there's disappointment for Kevin Brown. He'll miss the game. He picked up a niggle during training as well, as uh, it will John Clark and Pat Arvan miss the game. Huddersfield's only change is prop Josh Johnson replacing Cruz Leeming. Warrington are back in action on Sunday, this time taking on Hull FC, who lost at Saints last Friday. Wolves are dealing with some injuries of their own. With the news this week, Simon Griggs will be out for a number of weeks. He's only returned from a shoulder injury, but has now picked up an ankle problem during training. Sunday will come too soon for Matty Russell as well. He's still waiting to make his Primrose and Blue debut. Tony Smith spoke to Helen Keenan this week. Matty will only get the all clear Friday this week. Uh, so it leaves it a little late in terms of us going with Matty for this week. If he gets the green light on Friday, certainly the week afterwards he'll be available for selection. But um, in terms of this week for us or Swinton, that's not going to be possible. Uh, so, um, yeah, the other injury news is Simon Griggs has just returned from shoulder uh, injury um, or recon- um, uh, operation in the off-season, um, twisted his ankle in training yesterday and uh, will miss a number of weeks now, uh, which uh, has got Simon tearing his hair out. But, um, yeah, we'll, uh, unfortunately for Simon, that you know, that'll set him back a little while, but... Uh, on the flip side, we've got Ben Harrison returning to the fray and will be available for selection for this week. So, yeah, mixed mixed um, yeah, fortunes for both Simon and, and also Ben. They were Hull on Sunday. They gave sense a bit of a fright in the first half of the last week. What do you make of them in their opening two games? Yeah, they're a bit patchy like us. Um, I don't think they've... Uh, they've had a win, obviously, but uh, I don't think they'll be overly... You know, satisfied with their performances so far, and I think they'll be expecting more and to be better each week. And you know, we we uh, we certainly understand their dangers, their their ability to score tries, and you know, but there's some aspects of their game that I think they probably feel um, need to improve. And so we're both in a you know similar sort of situation in terms of improvement and, and looking for a, a bit better performances all round. So. Uh, hopefully both teams can find that and hopefully we can find a little bit more and you know that can bring us out on top but uh, certainly a dangerous team that we need to be you know performing well for 80 minutes. Um, a bit of an injury doubt over Gareth Carvel, someone you know well, what do you make of his sudden appearance at Hull? Oh, yeah, it's a situation that's arisen and you know only those who are involved will probably have full understanding of it but um, Gaz uh, we certainly um, respect and everything that he did whilst he was with us and you know, he was one of our terrific performers over a number of years and um, we understand how dangerous he can be as a player and um, I think he suffered a bit of an ankle injury last week so whether he performs this week or gets out on the on the park this week uh, is yet to be worked out I'd say um, 
but uh, if he does, we know his dangers and we'll, we'll certainly you know, pay him the, the right sort of respect that he deserves. Tony Smith there. It's time for another quick break now on In Touch, but afterwards we'll hear from Kevin Brown and Nathan Brown. In Touch, In Touch on City Talk 105.9. Welcome back to In Search on City Talk 105.9 with me, Laura Moss, and Steve Manning, where we talk all things rugby league every Thursday between 6 and 7. Before the break, we heard from Dennis Betts and Tony Smith. We also discussed the Bradford situation too and heard from coach Francis Cummings. Well, tonight, Saints travel over to Salford. With all the changes the Red Devils have made under Dr. Marwan Kukash and Brian Noble, St. Helens coach Nathan Brown says it definitely won't be like playing against the side that got the wooden spoon last year no no we don't and you know it's obviously south for you know a bit of uh like a uh a very in a very different situation to what they've been in for many 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 years haven't they with obviously marwin marwin's come in and he's quite ambitious and they've paid a fair few transfer fees and they've sort of scoured england and australia and brought in a lot of high profile players and uh you know it's much more exciting playing Salford now, even though you're much more of a chance of, of losing a game to Salford than what it was playing against Salford in the in the previous years because, you know, when sides aren't spending anywhere near the salary cap and they're not recruiting good players, obviously the common sense tells you they're not quite as strong as the as the better teams where the Salford we're seeing now has got a lot of players who have achieved great heights in the game and you've got a very ambitious owner and, and, a, and a coach that's been very successful over a long period of time, so... Yeah, you know, Southford or side. I think we're all expecting to see in the playoffs. So again, to to go to Southford this week and do well, we'll have to play well. Where probably in the past, you know, sides could play Southford and and probably just go okay and it'd be enough. Where okay's not going to be enough against Southford anymore. I suppose from a Southford point of view, they'll be put this perhaps as a benchmark. No disrespect to you, they've already played just to see how far they've come. If they can uh, tilt the balance and take the two points, or at least get a lot closer than they've been in the past against the Saints. Yeah, well, obviously London have had their their issues, and Wakefield have had their issues too, haven't they? With the financial setup, and you know, we didn't even know if London were going to start the competition. And you know, they played a Wakefield side the week before, and their players had only, you know, a number of their players had only been in town a week, and and they did very comfortable in the first half against Wakefield. And their second half, they probably, you know, weren't so happy about. And you know, likewise with us on the weekend, you know, we had a, a good second half, not such a good first half. So I think there's a lot of sides out there. I don't think. There's too many out there that are playing uh, perfectly at the moment, but I think there's a lot of sides that are, are doing OK that want to get better, and you know, Southland and us both both fall into that category. And it could be a return for uh, Tony Pulitzer and Francis Malley against you. Uh, great servants for the club. Yeah, both served the club for a long period of time, and you know, only, only worked with the guys for, for 12 months, but you know, TP had four years, I think, here, and Frenny had must have had about a good seven or eight years, and obviously won a lot of trophies in his time here, Frenny, and... You know, Franny's probably left a little bit of a legacy here because he, he was quite close with the young outside backs and he you know was one of them types of players that put a lot of time into, into the development of uh, you know, Josh Jones and Swifty and Tommy Makinson. You know, those, those blokes in particular, Franny sort of worked quite hard within the past 18 months, so he's probably left a little bit of a legacy here still, Fred. You mentioned about the youngsters on the back line and one member of the media said you can't win a um, grand final, a championship with the kids. How do you see that from uh, the Saints' point of view? Um, well, you know, the guys are, you know, the younger ones, you know, Tommy's in his third year now and Jonesy's in his third year, so they're not, you know, also young in age, they've played plenty of games, you know, Swifty and Percy, 
you know, both played, you know, uh, an amount of football last year, which has helped prepare them for this year. And, you know, I find that, you know, there's that mixture of youth and experience is, is a good one to have. And they know, they sort of are slowly understanding what's required. You know, obviously, you know, Swifty and and uh, Tommy had a great back end of the year last year and playing in big games. And Josh Jones, you sort of always forget that Jones is only 20 or 21. You sort of think he's a much older player. He's very mature in his mind, you know. So, you know, they're just there. I think... I think the blend that we've got there is quite fine, and you know people obviously have their opinions, which is which is fine. Yeah, but we're very comfortable with our backline, and we're comfortable with the way they're developing. Saints coach Nathan Brown. Witness Vikings are back in action tomorrow against Huddersfield Giants. Dennis Betts' side got off to a flyer in the season opener a couple of weeks ago, but preparation has been stilted somewhat after having a week off because of Wigan's World Club Challenge. Paul Anderson was unhappy with his Giants performance in their draw with Hull KR last week, so it should make for a pretty spicy encounter. Kevin Brown was hoping to come up against his former club, but has been ruled out with a slight niggle he picked up during training. But he told Steve the game is an exciting prospect even though he'll be watching from the sidelines. Yeah, excited. Um, you know, it's it's a really good challenge for us. I think Huddersfield are possibly the, um, the favourites for me. Um, you know, they, they, they went to Wigan and had a fantastic result. Um, obviously, they were disappointed with the, the results at the weekend, but, um, you know, the stuff I've seen on video, they, they were great in the first half. So um, we'll be expecting a full 80 minutes from them this week. And, it's a, it's a great challenge and, and it'll show us where, where we're at you know, um, at this point of the season. In your opening, the opening game, you got a hell of a lot of plaudits, but at the end of the day, you can't do that without what's in front of you, can you? No, and, and, and you know, it's, it's, the, um, it's the team, you know, always comes first. And, you know, I was just lucky that day that, you know, some of the stuff I did came off, but, um, you know, the work rate that, like I say, them, them lads did, and you know, Chris Dean was was also fantastic. He's he's been sensational uh, in the cent- in the centre next to me. He's, he's you know he's been protecting me in defence and um, you know giving me loads of options in attack. So um, I can't speak highly enough for my teammates. You know the the work they put in, the work they'll be putting in now is um, you know it's as good as I've ever seen. And you know, I think the the players that we've recruited have just added to that. You know, people like Paul Johnson and. Danny Galea, they're not always the people who get spoke about, but if you ask the boys how, how valuable they are to us, they're, they're right up there with, you know, the, the lads like myself who are getting all the plaudits and, um, you know, we, we've got a great team spirit at the minute and I think that comes from a, a great culture and everyone's working for each other. You've got a new addition in Paul Clough who's on here for, he's over here for a 12-month <laughs> loan and he's, he's obviously coming to a great time, especially after that opening game and now the Giants. Yeah, Cluffy. I've known I've known Paul for a number of years. I've I've lived in his his mum and dad's street when, you know, we're both growing up. Um, you know, and our parents still live there now. So um, I know how good of a bloke he is, and I know how how good of a player he is. You know, he's a he's, he's a real professional bloke, and you know, um, the boys have been really impressed with how how good his talk is, and you know, a lad who's played at Saints for as long as he has doesn't come without real good traits and good habits and um, you know we're fortunate that Saints have got an abundance of uh, world-class prop forwards and and um, middlemen at the, at the club at the minute so um, you know we're, we're, we're really glad that we've got someone you know a player of Paul's calibre there and I can't wait to play with him. Obviously you always want to test yourself don't you so you're up against obviously good friends Danny Brough and uh, Luke Robinson 
and whoever else uh, Paul might bring in. So you must be looking forward to that clash. Yeah, um, you know, for me, it's it's the edge is tucking off it now because we've played them a few times since I've been a Vikings player. But you know, just purely on a on a. Um, a professional level, you know, the players who we're playing against this week are, are fantastic and like I uh, alluded to before, I think probably the best in the league or, or you know, one of the top teams definitely and, um, you know, personally it's it's a big challenge for myself against, you know, great, great halfbacks but also for the team against the great team. So one that I'm really looking forward to and um, we've got nothing to lose. Witness Vikings, Kevin Brown there. Let's get my co-host on the line now. He can't be with us here tonight at the top of the tower in Liverpool because he's poorly sick. Steve Manning joins me on the phone from his sick bed. Steve, what's what's going on? Have you got man flu? Good evening. I don't do man flu um, and I don't do senior citizen flu. um, But uh, it wasn't fair that I came in and spread my germs throughout um, the uh, City Talk studio and the tower itself. It, it would be remiss of me to do something like that. Well, you're taking one for the team then, Steve. Um, I'm assuming that you, were, you weren't ill last Saturday morning. You got up bright and early to watch the World Club Challenge between Wigan and Sydney. Oh, massive disappointment. Both you and I backed them. Peter, to be the only journalists in the world of rugby league that actually did. Well, I thought, I thought really... Basically, Sydney Roosters, they, they were clinical, weren't they? And every mistake that Wigan made, uh, they turned uh, from nothing into four pointers. Uh, again, when Wigan were on attack and, uh, you know, a couple of defensive errors that you wouldn't expect uh, from the normally reliable uh, Josh Charnley. He redeemed himself with a couple of tries. But there were little pivotal moments, weren't there? But I'm, I'll be quite honest. When it was 18-0 at uh, Manning Ranchins, uh, my wife had a smile on her face and I was thinking... This could be a disaster. Uh, but uh, Your wife play, being a Saints fan, of course. Yes, yes, she is, yes, yes. Uh, if Saints win, the lights are on Friday night. If Wigan lose, uh, the lights are on. And it's one of the, it's one of those things. It's uh, it's called uh, good entertainment. But going back to the game, um, Wigan showed what they could do in the second half, didn't they, when they threw that ball about. They got within eight points. But what they did, the, the Roosters, the... Uh, Scored another try uh, just afterwards and Wigan were playing catch-up. But uh, when you look at the score, 36-14, it's not bad. It could have been a hell of a lot worse. And uh, you've got to give one thing's work credit. Uh, the, the, the fans that went over, they were at between two and 3,000. They certainly yeah, did. Yeah, that's they incredible. Were, they did the club proud, didn't have the town and the country, really. Steve, one thing I do want to get your, your thoughts on before you go is this marquee player situation. Um, Marwan Kukash, Salford owner, obviously hosting St. Helens tonight, wanted to bring in a player, uh, a marquee player that wouldn't come under the salary cap that could just sign a player. I'm guessing he's thinking the likes of Sonny Bill Williams, Sam Tompkins and so on, but was voted against by the other Super League clubs. So this won't be happening. Um I can see the commodity value in it, but ultimately, I think this whole golden ticket situation, if one club couldn't afford a marquee player ticket, they would sell their ticket to another club. It's just going to make the rich clubs richer and stronger and it penalises the the you know the, the clubs that don't have the financial capabilities. However, for the fans, surely a great prospect. What are your views? Well, it would have been. It is, it is a novelty signing, isn't it? But it's how long that novelty lasts with the club. I mean, a club like Wigan, they're always going to get ex, you know, a steady gate of uh, you know, just short of 20,000 uh, sort of thing. And, and the other clubs. But at the end of the day, if there's only so many clubs can afford it, um, again, you're going to have, could have like the, one, the one-sided the one games. That's what they don't want. That's why they brought in what they brought in. Uh, the rich will get richer. The, the poorer get poorer. 
I, I can understand what Marlon wants to do. He's got great visions, but uh, it's it's one of those situations, isn't it? Um, he, I, I, I'm not in favour of it personally. Uh, we will believe you get on uh, because I think we could end up to the days either before full time professionalism. We had we had Wigan and Leeds who had all the players. Uh, Wigan Matt normally sold them off to Leeds when they were 13, made some money on it. But it was a one sided league or a two sided league. Whereas now you've got the usual suspects, but you're not sure which one of those usual suspects over this last decade are going to finish top. Uh, albeit that you know one side has monopolised the grand finals and winning grand finals but we don't, you know we want competitive games that's why they brought this new structure in uh, so as soon as you bring that in you know you're going to turn it the other way about if you bring it in so uh, fair, fair play to the clubs perhaps further down the line but that's to my way when all the clubs are spending the maximum salary cap then bring it in but if they're not if they're not all doing it um, no I like I say, I might, I might be classed as a Luddite on that one, but that's how I see it. Uh, and Steve, very quickly, your score predictions for this weekend, please. Uh, who, who are you backing? I'm going to back uh, Wigan, Saints, Huddersfield and uh, Warrington. I was tempted to back all, but I'm going to go for Warrington. We're we're in complete agreement. So I'm going to say Saints by eight tonight. Uh, I think Huddersfield possibly by 12 or more tomorrow. Um, Warrington by six. And Wigan, I think it's going to be quite an emphatic performance. I'm going to say Wigan by uh, 16. I'm very impressed with them, Lauren. I'll uh, I'll make it. I'll make a note because I'm making a note of who's winning at the moment. But I'm not going to gloat. All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll talk about that next week. Steve, get better. <laughs> thanks for speaking to us tonight, and we'll catch up with you next week on In Touch. And a quick thanks to Chris, who's listening. Uh, he knows what he's done for me. Thank you. Intriguing. Right, good night. Thanks for your company tonight on In Search. Join us again next week when we take a look back on uh, all this weekend's going on around four. The weeks are getting away from us now. This is In Touch City Talks Rugby League Lowdown with Lauren Moss and Steve Manning. City Talk 105.9.